good afternoon, Sarah and Anthony. Um, mm-hmm. Welcome to Fun Stars and Found Stars. Um, it is uh, Captain's Log. What is the date today? Fourteenth. Oh, <laughs> already. Uh, of November, halfway through November already, 2022. People, uh, for context of people who are listening or watching, um, we are, I think there's lots of people ready to go off to slush in Helsinki. I talked to a couple of people who were doing packing their bags this morning. And obviously we've all, a number of people have all got back from websites. And we have the very big honor of speaking to Sarah Barber who is from Jensen Funding Partners, um, who's taken time out of her busy diary on this Monday afternoon to talk, tell us more about Jensen. And first of all, as is always the case, what we like to do is set a bit of context that as to how people have, have, have got into the roles that they're doing. So Sarah, obviously we're not going back to uh, kindergarten here or, or primary school, but uh, <laughs> we haven't quite got that that amount of time, I suppose, mm-hmm. in my case, it'd be a long time. Um, but we, uh, we, we always love to hear how, you know, especially when it's a fund, how the fund was created, how you um, became interested in this particular area of investment. And um, clearly, you know, we, we met back in my Bloomberg days, which contextually was 2012 to 2017. So we've known each other and interacted with each other on and off for a good, I'd probably say, eight or ten years. So yep. so I suppose over to you, Sarah, and welcome to the show. Well, thanks ever so much, Chris, for having me. Um, so how did I start in this? this I am uh, an accountant by background um i trained with deloitte many many moons ago and after sort of going through uh, various places within deloitte decided that actually i wanted to branch out and um i had a great opportunity to work as an interim finance director um and started working with uh, smaller businesses and from that um worked with Paul Jenkinson at Jensen Solutions which is an outsourced finance director business and we were working with a lot of early stage businesses who just couldn't get funding Um, and so in 2012 when SEIS came about um, we were working with Foresight they were interested in SEIS but it was uh, too small for them Um, and we discussed with them how we could collaborate and come up with a fund so that's what we did. Um, so that's that's how the fund um, came about. Um, was and just just <laughs> something in there a bit, Sarah. Um, yeah. Foresight for people who might not know who Foresight are. I I I think that they're <laughs> a, a bigger fund. Is that correct? yes? A much bigger, yeah. much bigger, much bigger yeah. um, fund. Much bigger fund. Um, and and yeah, they were just interested in this space. So um, because. I think everybody can see the benefits of investing in early stage businesses, but also everybody knows that it's really hard working with early stage businesses. So <laughs> it's, yeah. it's who are you going to find to do that? But I mean, I love working with early stage businesses. So that that's mm. why um, we got into doing this. Okay. And I believe you are now the CEO of the I fund. am. Correct. I am. Yeah. Okay. Good. Congratulations. When when did that happen, Sarah? Was that recently? So that or... was that was quite early on. Um, 
so what was that 2014 2015 okay. um yeah it was about 2014 because that's when um we decided we were going to do um the eis fund so i came in, i sort of got in and sort of set that up as a follow-on um strategy right and in terms of the actual business itself is paul still involved it's it's a team of six eight ten more <laughs> and so you know, we have a team of um there's seven of us within the team um mm -hmm. who are actively running the business um we have um five um sort of partners who um sit on the board paul is one of those partners so okay. still has an involvement um but very much from the day-to-day -day running of the business um there's myself um, Jeffrey Forstin, who is the chief investment officer, so he runs with all the deal flow mm -hmm. um, and um, sort of looking after the portfolio companies and the strategic side of that. And then we have um, we've we've got a great team um, yeah. sitting there looking after investor relations and yeah, all okay. normal things. And and if so, if I was a founder and I was thinking, okay. Uh, I, and, and, you know, we, we know how some founders work when they go, they just want to start fundraising. They kind of do their whole crunch base download and they get a thousand uh, investors and they're kind of like, oh, my God, the start? Who, who do I contact? So if they were to sort of listen to this podcast and uh, or podcast and find out more about Jensen Funding Partners, they would they would knock on your door because you're SEIS and EIS. And is, is, well, within that, is there a, a mantra of a particular industry type? Because I also know that you're extremely active. I think I read somewhere that you're one of the most active. Um, Over 125 day. companies with 28 follow-on funding rounds. Well, thank you, Anthony. Um, but I think you're one of the UK's most active investors at this stage, I believe. Um, yeah, so we, um, yeah, we've invested, as Anthony quite rightly um, pointed out, in over 125 businesses. Um, we try and invest in SEIS somewhere between 10 and 15 companies a year. Um, and we try and keep it at that sort of level so that um, we can actually work with those businesses um, because we don't just invest, we actually sort of, have um uh, an involvement um with those business businesses afterwards mm -hmm. um yeah so so yeah we're, we're quite busy we're quite active uh, very uh, active uh, imagine. And is, <laughs> is is there a kind of uh a vertical split are you focused on um you know, SaaS, AI, um, clean tech, climate tech. Obviously, there's a lot, lot of focus in the current market in 2022 in sustainability and ESG. Could you give us a bit of flavour there, Sarah, on on maybe some recent investments and and where they may have been in? Yeah. So, um, so we're as, as an early stage investor. Um, I think it's our purpose is is predominantly to invest in a cross section. Of companies um the people that come to us they've got the expertise that they, they know the sector and obviously we do our due diligence to make sure they know that um what they're possibly lacking is um the, the understanding of um the the funding cycle so 
how to start as an early stage, how to grow your business, what you need to be doing, what you need to be thinking about. So that's very much what we believe that we offer into that. So there's no sector specifics that we go into. Um, we do like um, to invest in tech-enabled businesses, and by that I mean um, tech has to form part of the growth of the business. So, you know, that's very much sort of fundamental to the, to the growing of the business. Um, but, yeah, that's the, there is no specific um, sector in that. Um, in terms of sustainability, we've, we're seeing a lot more of that. There's definitely a trend um, for businesses coming to us um, that that have that kind of leaning. But the the sort of um, the way we look at businesses <coughs> hasn't changed at all. Mm-hmm. Um, we very much make sure that we're looking um, at businesses that can really define um, what the problem is, mm-hmm. really define what the solution is to that problem and really define the market that that applies to. So they're the sort of key things that we'll be looking for. The most recent investment, what was that into, Sarah? So, yeah, we're currently deploying our SEIS tranche. So um, we um, did our first close in July. So we've done two companies into that tranche. And I wouldn't like to choose out of either of them. (laughs) So um, the the two were um, Skooma Water, um, which offers a water filter essentially, that generates minimal waste um, while providing its uh, consumers with electrolyte-enhanced water based on their personal needs. So um, unlike um, a water filter you've got, it might leave microplastics in there, but it will also take out the nutrients, whereas this one will leave sort of the nutrients but take out all the the bad bits. Um, And then the other one was uh, Violet Ultra, um, and they've got a smart switch, um, which um, essentially provides quick and easy control of all your smart home systems. So we're going into this era of having lots yeah. of different sort of smart devices around. So this just all puts it in so a nice, nice place. IoT in 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 reality. Yeah. So and and like, like those two examples just spring out to me. Um, not afraid of. Um, I suppose a, a hardware investment, and not not afraid of a probably a B two C investment. Is that right? Both big funding gaps in the UK. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> we're not afraid of um, investing in a diverse portfolio, and I Good. think that's what we're trying to offer: is not just investing into the same thing. I think, as I've sort of said, the early stage business is if you if you pinpoint sort of too early you can really sort of pigeonhole yourself into Mm. um sort of trying to run those businesses and that's not what we're trying to do we're very much trying to give these businesses the leg up to to the next stages um and so yeah we're not we're not worried about hardware but we wouldn't invest 10 to 15 companies in hardware we'd make sure it's very very diversified yeah and 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 i suppose though in the case of those two businesses there's there's tech 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 being built tech they're tech enabled there's 
possibly product market fit. There's maybe early early revenues, customers, yeah. good pipeline. Yeah. Um, obviously, UK only investments. UK UK focus. UK yeah. focus at the moment, but um, yeah, very much a view to um, going in, international with it as well. Okay. Um, okay. That's interesting. And, yeah, Wait, and what, just EU or, or global? Well, if I, I mean let's see how they get on but i mean let's start off in the eu you eu and us tend to be the, the sort of sweet spots for um, internationalizing at the moment but um for for both of those companies i think there's um it is there's b2c element but it's you know there's b2b to c um yeah. Yeah. in it as well so <clears throat> um yeah great okay. businesses and the, and the people who are running them i think i probably need to yeah. really enforce that um, yeah. The teams that are running these um, are super smart, um, know their stuff, and you know it's it's the, the great sort of teams that we've invested in as well. We're launching a um, a fund specifically focused on on that area. Net zero, um, or, or net zero focus is it? Or, or it will be a transition to net zero and enabling that transition. So it's and again what we're focusing on um again is the very very early stage innovative growth companies that sit mm. within that sector so it's very much working on looking at companies because we're seeing a lot of companies coming through in that area that don't necessarily meet our criteria for SEIS yeah um for various reasons it you know it could be some of big projects aren't they that are, are kind of like if they succeed they will be fantastic and could really have an impact a massive impact on whichever particular segment of the industry but yeah. to get to succeed it's going to need a you know a, a two three or maybe even a five-year runway to get yeah. to the point of having that impact which obviously doesn't play into that SEIS type scenario. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but but we're just seeing so many of them that it's it's a, it's a real huge opportunity to get those companies off the ground. And again, yeah. it, you know, at the early stages, um, that's that's who we 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 are is early stage growth innovative companies. And so, yeah, we thought um, we're seeing so many of them. If we we need to do something about this, so. So uh, yes, that's good news. Well, let's hope so. What's this space? What's this space? I mean, I'm... we're really excited about it. We've got yeah. some great advisors on board, um, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, we we think that you know between um, the advisors and the experience that we've got in the early stage investment mm -hmm. cycle, I yeah. th I, we we think this will be a good thing. You know, uh, and I, I agree with you. I think it, it's definitely an area that um, it, it not, a, not. I'm wrong when I'm saying the trend is the friend. It, it is clearly there are some fantastic technologies, businesses, founders, opportunities in that in this segment. That again, that's the opportunity. There is a dearth of, in my mind, specialized funds right for the early stage founder that. Is, is in net zero or moving to net zero or however you classify it. 
and and there is there's a great there's a there's a great match there yeah i mean it, you know i think a lot of the companies that you will see get invested at a later stage they'll have had um it, you know friends and family networks they'll they'll mm. understand where to go to get the funding in the first place whereas i think if we can get in there i think you'll see better companies coming through and that's that's what we believe so yeah so if I look at the, the the process of those businesses getting investment, yeah. your you they have approached you or your network has suggested uh, Jensen to to to, uh, to the founders. Uh, they then uh, it's then deck DD three or three or four meetings and then a term sheet in a period of a couple of months maybe three months or, or is that the yeah. right you need you to come and talk to our founders that's exactly it <laughs> we've been doing this <laughs> a long time Sarah <laughs> yeah I mean we can move fairly quickly we've got a very yeah. standard set of documents um so mm-hmm. when we see people um we do like to see them you know three or four times absolutely um mm-hmm. we've had some companies we've worked with for 18 months you know making sure that um what they're um, what we're investing in is the right thing so um and we've had people come to us and we've said well no that that doesn't quite fit with the market they'll go away that doesn't quite fit because you haven't got the right people on board they'll go away and they'll come back to us um with those people so it's not sometimes it can be 18 months sometimes it can be six weeks but yeah we we like to spend time with with all of them yeah. um as i said you know this is a relationship we're going to be with these people for a long time. So yeah, I, I was going to expand on the mention of you're quite hands on. Uh, it, it, how's that? <laughs> how's that pan out then? Is that you know you're a member of a person's on the board, or are you you know do you, do you have quarterly meetings with them? What's that in in practice, Sarah? Yeah, so <clears throat> it's a number of things. Um, we we do have um, uh, board rights. Um, but uh, we, again, we, we like to take a proactive approach rather than a controlling approach. So we tend to just have uh, be a board observer. A lot of the companies that um, come on board, they, they're not even at that stage of having sort of really formal board meetings. Yeah. Um, so we will just set up monthly calls with them. And, you know, we'll work through with them how, how to get to the stage of... Mm getting to a board because you know that that's crucial as they're growing so that's one of the things we'll do with them so there'll be monthly calls um we also do things like founder forums so um on a monthly or every couple of months we'll have a founder forum that might talk about um value proposition it might talk about exit it might talk about alternative sources of financing venture Mm -hmm. debt um, what your board structure should look like. So, you know, a real wide variety of things. And that, that does two things. <clears throat> it, number one, um, encourages people to come and listen to those subjects because they're, they're quite important to them at this stage. But it also gives everybody a chance to actually meet each other as, as founders and portfolio companies. So, um and, and we encourage um, people to talk to each other. We've got um, we've got a WhatsApp group. Um, we've got you know the, 
that is um, managed by our team, but it's very much for the portfolio companies to talk to each other, you know, find out where they can go and hire somebody or find, you know, just those little things that you wake up and think, I just don't know the answers to that. They can come to us and we can give them what we know, but if they go to the rest of the portfolio, they've got sort of 30 odd people that will also be able to answer them. So it's a really good way of um, the portfolio companies working together um, to, to do that. We do monthly bulletin, we've got discounts. Um, yeah, so, so lots and lots of different things. But it's very much a proactive approach rather than a, you know, we're trying to tell you what to do approach. Yeah. You, I mean, um, um, oh, you go, Anthony. No, I mean, just kind of on 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 that topic, uh, I'm sure there must be people wondering, you know, the scale of what you of what you guys are working on. You know, how how are you guys managing that? Because 120 portfolio companies that are all having monthly calls and then investing into 12 or 13 new companies a year. Right, They're, you guys must have some masterful techniques to be able to to manage all of this uh, workload. So, in terms of that, so as much as we've invested in 125, I think it's a couple more than that now, but um, we've invested in that number of businesses. We some have already gone, um, so I would say we've probably got, and and we've um, also exited some of those companies. So I would say we've probably got between 60 and 70 active companies at the moment. Um, we split up the um, calls with those companies um, and they're, they're half hour calls. We, we have a very sort of um, um, uh, Is it a straight half hour as well? No, no. I mean, if I mean, it's strict half hour if I've got somebody afterwards. But if, you know, if somebody if somebody needs to speak for a little bit longer, that's absolutely fine. Um, but yeah, so we'll sit down and work with them. But the way that we really manage all of this is because we've got a great team that works with us. So if anything comes out of that, um, that we um, that we feel that we need to do something about, then we've got a great team behind us that can that will help us. Um, sort of find whatever we need to do um so yeah that's really how we manage it um it but it yeah it works um and i mean the other thing i would say is you know not all of them are going to succeed and that's that's just a fact um but what having these calls every month actually means is that where something doesn't quite go right um we can we can manage that process as well because actually working with the people when things aren't going so right is just as important because mm. it's not necessarily anything that they've done that has happened uh, that, that's making this happen. Mm. Um, it, you know, it could be market forces. It could be, you know, it's, it's some, something's just, you know, the, the economics just aren't working. So mm. at that point, you've got to make sure that you're getting out sooner rather than later. So, you know, it's, it's very important to make sure we're, we're sort of spending time on that as well. Um, and it's also being incredibly clear, I think, about what we can help with and what we can't help with. Um, and, and the things that we can't help with, um, making sure that we're pointing in, in the right direction for the things that we can't help with. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a signposting. It's a, yeah, it's that, that, does that answer your question? Yeah, definitely. 
interested because there's a bit of a trend at the moment with some of the VCs that we we talk to regularly um, through the nature of the advisory work or events that I run. Um, and there seems to be like it's all on January because at the moment, a lot of VCs are, well, from what I'm hearing from different people, and this might not or might be the case with Jensen, but they're very hyper-focused on portfolio managing their existing um, portfolio at the moment and January the magical January they keep saying new year new start oh, mm. um, uh, will be when they uh, not just deploying because it's a new year but they have to deploy because they they've got the maybe the SEIS running into April and it's like you know spring madness and do you, so if you could add a bit of a bit of context there as well Sarah that'd be good yeah, I mean, uh, we have um, an approach where, um, so with the SEIS fund, that process is happening throughout the year in terms of deployment. So that's that's going on all the time. EIS does tend to be more um, tax year end driven. Um, but because we know those companies as well, they still go through um, an investment committee process and, and so we have a separate investment committee that they go through it's a very structured process that they go through we're still working with those businesses on the sort of portfolio management side um, there's probably co-investment coming alongside as well so it, it's all just part and parcel of what we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis throughout the rest of the year yes it will be a lot busier um, yeah. we try and avoid holidays um, at that time of year you know it's those kind of things that, that that we need to do to to manage it but yeah we just know it's busier we try yeah. and avoid holidays um, and we we get on with it and th there'll be other things that might slip in terms of you know perhaps we need to put our marketing off until April so that we you know so it's it's just yeah a a yeah, yeah and and, and I'd probably ask of the businesses you invest in at SEIS stage, is it 50%, 60%, 70% then get EIS investment or is it is it a lot lower? No. Um, so we're probably talking about uh, 30%, 30, 35%. Yeah. Um, we'll That's get the final funding. But it's, um, but you know, again, we have criteria for, for making sure, because these are different investors, so we have to make sure that mm. um, when we're investing, it's all investing, uh, you know, um, in accordance with our IM, in accordance with all the rules. So, mm. um, yeah, so, we, you know, we're, we're not just chucking money in afterwards. It's, you yeah. know, they have to, there has to be a good yeah. growth story yeah. for it. It's, uh, yeah. Literally, you're UK focused. Uh, has the traditional bent been towards investing in London-based and Southeast-based co uh, companies? Or have you always been quite, you know, regionally diverse? Because obviously we know there's huge growth in the north and and the southwest and well all over actually the uk um, with yeah. great founders where, where are you on on that so um at last count 60 percent of our companies were invested outside of london oh. um so uh, as much as we have um a london office we've always been 
sort of quite virtually based. We've, you know, we've got base in London. It, it makes it a lot easier, but it also makes it quite easy when we, we go elsewhere. We've held um, uh, review panels. So as part of our process, we have a review panel. We've held those outside of London on many occasions. So, you know, so we, you know, if we get a group of companies in a different region, we'll, we'll happily go out there. That's not a problem. Um, so, so yeah, sixty percent are outside. But I, you know, there, there is um, there, there is more opportunity. I would say for investing outside of London now. You're seeing more accelerators. You're seeing more hubs um, in sort of cities um, outside of London. So, what we do is we just try and keep in contact with as many of those. Um, those hubs outside of London to make sure that people know that we're open for investment because I don't think it's the fact that people that you know VCs only want to invest where they're based um, especially you know in this this day and age it's it's just more getting access to those so it's um, very much down to trying to uh, get involved as much as possible with yeah. um, the, the sort of regions Something that's come across uh, to me throughout the, the podcast is this element of diversification, right? And from, from my perspective, it seems like you guys are probably the most diversified early stage investor out there, sector, industry, location, demographics, even the stage of the companies because you reinvest as well. Um, was that always part of the strategy? And if it wasn't, when did it kind of emerge as a, as a theme for you guys? Um. I think yes. Um, in terms, it wasn't part of the strategy, and I would say it's it's probably not, you know, core to the strategy. Now, I, I would say that's who we at Jensen are. So, if you were talking about strategies, the primary strategy is going out, investing in early stage businesses, sector agnostic, and having a set of criteria with that. The the secondary. Um, sort of thesis of it is who Jensen is um, and our underlying um, ethos um, for investing. And that's why we, beca we became a B Corp at the end of the day is because we wanted to demonstrate that we as a, a firm, as an employer, as a set of people, these are the things that we believe in so that that then sort of overlays into yeah. that investment strategy. But that is, I wouldn't say it's our core to our investment strategy does that does that make sense it, it's quite interesting because obviously early stage investing is risky and diversification yeah. is the only free lunch you get in investing right so it's quite interesting that you know the diversification is so widespread across the portfolio um i mean you must have seen that sort of pay off during covid as well where some of the businesses would have through that diversification would have been you know seeing a huge covid bump Right and that sort of thing as well. What? what sorry. What? What do you mean? A, hu a huge. Ah, so uh, COVID bumpers in uh, they sort of accelerated their growth through COVID. They were right for the environment during COVID. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of, yeah, it's it's not something. I mean, to be fair, through the through COVID we were very much working with our portfolio businesses at that point. That was really our key focus at, yeah. at that point. Um, 
there there was a lot of well uncertainty nobody knew what was going on so um yeah our key focus was working with those portfolio companies making sure they knew where they could get help making sure that they were fine um you know you know from a mental health perspective it was really really tough for a lot of people so um and there were a lot of businesses that um thrived through that and a lot of businesses that um either had to hibernate you know um we didn't see we didn't see a huge amount um that failed in actual fact i'm trying to think of one that did and um, because i'm sure there must have been that was a cause well, of covid that's, but that's kind of what i mean having such a diverse yeah. portfolio because you know what, yeah. one of the things that we've seen is that vc is getting more and more specialized rather mm-hmm. than generalist but then you yeah. kind of lose out on that diversification which you know, yeah, lower general risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diversification. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's good. But again, I bring that back to it being an early stage um, environment because I think early stage businesses have got um, that they, they, they can be more agile in that kind of environment as well. Yeah. So, you know, that that in itself makes it slightly different to a, yeah. a later stage. And a sector focus, and a yeah, yeah, exactly. And hear the passion, Sarah. <laughs> well, that's good because I am very passionate. No, I, I, and it's great that you're doing so well. I've really enjoyed catching up and having um, this opportunity to talk more. Um, one thing we always do uh, is just sort of ask our guests outside of Jensen um, any hobbies, any particular interests that people would, wouldn't, wouldn't imagine that you do do you go horse riding do you, do you have any do you, free time what's on the agenda uh so what do i do in my spare time play the clarinet a lot of people oh. don't know that our, our previous guest <laughs> is uh trombone, enthusiast <laughs> trombonist but... yes we have someone who was a trombonist recently so clarinet yeah. wow clarinet yeah it Good. was something that i did when i was at school and I left it for about, I don't know, 20 odd years. And then I found my old clarinet. Yeah, and it's go. just, it's one of those things that it's, uh, I suppose, a bit of mindfulness, isn't it? It takes you off somewhere completely different. Yeah, <laughs> what we need to do occasionally. Yeah, great. Yeah. All right, lovely. Well, look, thanks. Uh, Anthony, any more questions from you before we go? No, no. I think we covered a lot. Yeah. No, it's been really I've good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I have. Good to see you. Yeah, good and to see you. So. Hopefully, see you face to face next time. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks ever so much, both of you. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Bye.